to my little house of prayer. I am your host, Dayla Smith. Let us begin with prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you for this wonderful time of fellowship. And I thank you for the word that you're giving us today. That we will dine and eat bread together. In Jesus' name, amen. I am so very glad that you could join me today. The title of today's message is Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. What a title, huh? <laughs> but I want to talk about the many ways we lie, and there is a penalty for lying. But for Christians, there is hope. You see, the Lord is getting ready to come for his bride and her maids. He wants us to be ready. Are you ready for his return? With the voice of a trumpet? I'm trying to be ready for his return. I don't know about you, but some days I feel like I've come so far, but yet I still have so far to go. And with the help of the Lord, I will make it. You see, his grace is so unfathomable. 1 Corinthians 15, 51-52 Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. You see, for believers, as long as we remain willing to be taught by the Holy Spirit and repent of our sinful ways, whatever sinful ways are left will be obliterated. Jesus Christ's blood paid for the sin of ignorance. Isn't his righteous justice awesome? Does this mean we could justify our sin and remain practicing those sins that the Holy Spirit and God's word convicts us of not to do? Certainly not. He does not condone practiced or premeditated sin. When the Lord convicts us, of sin, we are to practice asking the Lord for His forgiveness and then repent of that sin. My friend has a wonderful habit of dropping those sins the Holy Spirit convicts her of, like when we handle a hot potato. She just drops it. <laughs> and if you hear some growling behind me, it's a little uh, schnauzer and uh, a chihuahua that are visiting me. Today, I feel that the Lord has impressed upon me that he wants to talk about our tongue and the sin of lying. That with our tongue alone, we can sin left and right. When we begin to use our tongue to lie, that leads us to deceive ourselves and others. When we begin to use our tongue to deceive ourselves and others, it leads us into the occult. Wow, huh? All of these end in death. Remember, Jesus said in John 10, 10 through 12, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep, 
Then he talked of Satan in John eight forty four. Ye are of your father the devil, and your and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Guys, draw you a square, three different squares. And on the bottom right corner of the first one, write Y-O-D with an L in parentheses. In the top right corner, write Hey, H-E-Y, with a O in parentheses. Then in the top left, write Va with an R in parentheses. And in the bottom right, left, write Hey again, H-E-Y, with a D in parentheses. And scratch out the third square, which we're going to cut to the chase. On the other square, in the bottom right, write talk. In the top right, write lie. In the left top, write deceit. Bottom left, write occult. Okay, so the first one is the name of the Lord, Yehovah. But the second one, if you've heard me in other, other messages, I've done told you that the enemy wants to lift up his name before the name of the Lord. Okay, so this is how it looks. And that's just to give you a picture so that you can see it and it kind of clicks. So, Isaiah fourteen twelve through 15. How art thou fallen o he from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which shaketh weaken the nations? And thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Satan wants to set up his kingdom in our hearts. That was, that's what that last square was about. Satan was created in the beginning. But he does not know all the mind of the Father and the Son. But what he does know, he twists. So let us begin. So the first corner of warfare is our speech, talk. Matthew twelve thirty four. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. We have to be so careful about our words. They reveal our true selves. They can not only be harmful to others, but also to ourselves. Proverbs 6, 2. Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. What does the enemy want to do? Set a trap for us. He can take our words and twist them to bring harm to other, ourselves and others. 
Remember, he is like a lawyer. The book of Daniel calls him the accuser of the brethren. We cannot win against him except through the precious blood of the Lamb. We need to apply it all day, every day, over every aspect of our lives. Proverbs 18, 7 through 8. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are his wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. When we gossip, the Lord revealed to me we are lying. And I know a lot of you are saying, huh? When a person is not there to defend themselves, good or bad, it is gossip. Gossip is lying. The Bible says that the Lord will hold us accountable for every idle word we use. You know, words just to fill up the empty space in the atmosphere. Before I started walking with the Lord, I could not stand the silence. I always had to have noise. If I ha didn't have a TV or a radio on, I had to be talking. I would talk about anything and everything. I was really running from from some stuff facing some stuff that's usually what happens when you're running from stuff that the lord is wanting you to face and as a lost person he wants you to face yourself so anyways i am still on the experiential side of taming my tongue now this usually shows up as a hardship when i'm angry through the steady help by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I am steadily overcoming. Look at James 3, 5 through 8. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue no man can tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. According to Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It says that we hold the power of life and death in our tongues, but just because we hold that power doesn't mean we necessarily enjoy the effects of our speech. We will eat our words. I believe this is where we get it from. And man wants to say that the Bible isn't true. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Bible is a handwritten letter from the Lord. It is our road map home. We will have to learn to tame our tongue if we are to make heaven our home. And the only way we can do that is by getting in the word of God and applying it. Now, let's look at James 4.11. Speak not evil of one another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. 
Most of us know that old saying, while you're pointing your finger at me, you better look at the three pointing back at you. I have had a sign for years. I loved it. It said, discernment is God's call to intercession. Sometimes the Lord reveals someone's character or imperfections. This is not for you to run to the local prayer chain and say, let's pray for poor brother so-and-so. This is judgmental gossip. It is not for you to discuss with anyone else but the Lord. If the Lord puts this in front of you, it is because he is trusting you enough to keep it to yourself and to go in your closet and pray for them. To pray for them as if you would, you would be the person with the character flaw or imperfection. This is the way we truly pray for one another. This is how we can give the devil an old heave-ho. This is just the intro to the ways the enemy wants to set up his kingdom in our hearts using our tongue. And moreover, in James, when he's talking about the law, he's talking about the Ten Commandments, the commandments of God. Are we that brave to, to judge the law? Matthew fifteen seventeen through 20. Do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. He's saying, your body excretes what you eat, but it's the things that come forth out of your mouth from your heart that reveal yourself. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, these are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. Even Jesus knew that to eat with unclean hands means we will just make our, ourselves ill. Where have our hands been before we eat? Washing our hands removes bad germs. But like I said earlier, our tongues reveal our true selves. So if we do not learn to tame our tongue and our speech, it will lead to a lifestyle of lying. Exodus 20:16. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. What this verse says is that we are not supposed to lie. We are not supposed to lie about ourselves or others. How many times have we heard someone say about someone, He is a pathological liar. What they are really saying is that person lives a life of lying. Let's look at Genesis 3, 1 through 19. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. He, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall sure, not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, 
and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee, that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. And above every beast of the field, upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So the serpent entered the garden of Eden with a twist on the truth, and God's tore truth. He then got Eve to sin. Then she sells Adam a lie that God is holding something back. So Adam believes a lie and sins. What happens next? The Lord questions them. Why? To get them untangled from the snare Satan bound them in. Each question was to entice them to do the right thing. Be totally honest and to repent. Instead of just being totally honest, they played the blame game. And do you see their penalty for their sin? Then let's look at Genesis 4. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. She again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought forth of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? 
And if thou doest not well, sin life at the door. And Cain talked with Abel, Abel, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened our mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, Vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Can you see how the habit of lying carried on from Adam and Eve to Cain and Abel? We have to own up to our misdeeds. There is no deliverance in shoving sin under the rug. You see, the Lord is not to outright judge us without first trying to redeem us. He wants us to make heaven our home as much as we do. He is righteous. Sin cannot dwell in his presence. Therefore, we have to be honest with both ourselves and the Lord. Just like with Cain, we can be rest assured that our sins will find us out if we continuously try to shove them under a rug and lie. Colossians 3, 5 through 11. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience in the which he also walked some time when you lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Ephesians 4, 23-25 And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. So we see so far that an untamed tongue can lead to a lifestyle of lying. Which has effects on generations to come. But generational curses can be broken through repentance and the Lord's forgiveness. But if we don't repent and ask the Lord for his forgiveness, it will lead to a life of deception. You know, he lies so much that he believes his own lies. 
Ephesians 5, 6-21 Let no man deceive you with vain words, because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Since See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God. And the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. The Apostle Paul warns us to be very careful, to avoid all the evils of a loose tongue joking profanely, and even talking of things that are so vulgar that they shouldn't even be mentioned. It's just a joke. Or, I thought it was funny. Remember, we talked earlier that gossip is lying. So a loose tongue leads to a lying lifestyle. A lying lifestyle leads to a life of deception. A life of deception brings that life into the occult. The occult is the complete worship of Satan. We are called to worship the Lord alone. We cannot serve two masters. We can only serve one or the other. Deuteronomy 18.10-12 There shall not be found among you anyone that speaketh, maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, which is a medium, or a wizard, or a necromancer, someone that talks to the dead. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. So sin will take us further than we want to go, make us stay longer than we want to stay, and make us pay more than we want to pay. How about we look at Ananias and Sapphira? Acts 5, 1 through 11. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also, being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? and to keep back part of the price of the land? <clears throat> Whiles it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. 
and the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. Ananias and Sapphira were both given opportunities to change their minds concerning this choice that they were making. They did not have to choose to lie, yet they did. They paid for it with their lives. It was prophesied in 1998 at a church that I was attending at the time that there would be a day coming as it was in the days of Ananias and Sapphira where respectful fear will return the church to the church again. So, with all of this, if you do not know the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, let me introduce you to him. It is really simple. First, you must acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of a Savior according to the mirror of the law of the Lord. Ask him for his forgiveness for all of your sins and call them out to him. Thank him for his forgiveness. Then forgive those who have sinned or transgressed against you. Then repent. Repent means to change your mind concerning sinful habits. Change your choice-making decisions. Let him influence your choice-making decisions as you get in his holy word. Ask him to be Lord over your life. I want to pray this prayer with you, but this is just an outline. The real work begins after I pray with you because it is a very personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for those of you who have just prayed that prayer with me, please let me know by emailing me at my number one little afmp at aol.com. Feel free to share. If you have any prayer requests, the reason I'm asking you to please email me about your decision is because heaven right now is rejoicing over your decision. But I also want to rejoice over your decision and I want to pray for you. And if you have any prayer requests or this message has spoken to any of you out there, please email me and let me know. I'd really love to hear your concerns and, and, and message these messages speak to you. Because I'm learning me to remember, I love you with the love of the Lord, but Jesus Christ of Nazareth will always love you more. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you right now as we end this time. 
I thank you so much for these people who are under listening under my voice, Father. That they don't hear my voice, they hear your voice, Father. Let them have a safe week till we meet again. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name, amen.